In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, Every Black Woman Me. My name is Len, the Bat Tribble. And as always, I am joined by my lovely co-host. Uh, this is Vincent Williams from It's All Soul, Wednesdays, 8 to 10 on G-Town Radio. Now, today on the Michelle Mission, we are taking the train and we are going on an adventure. It is a deep adventure because we are going to have to dig very deep to find the treasures that we are looking for because today on the show mission we are going in search of girl six so if you if you are a listener to the show mission you know that we are in the midst of black music month and all month we've been doing films that either feature and star prints and this week we were scheduled to talk about a movie that featured the music of Prince, which yes. was Girl Six. And you know the old saying, a man plans and God laughs, just to sort of <laughs> give you all a, a little peek at, at how the sausage is made, if you will. Uh, Lynn and I schedule these films. And, you, you know, I, I won't talk about Lynn at this point. Lynn's process. But my process is, you know, you do a little research and, re, you know, research, you look up some articles, this, that, and the other, and we tape usually on Mondays, usually on Mondays. So I'm I'm in the house on Monday. So, you know, I do the research, do some reading over the weekend, and then I will watch the film right on Monday. And when we were, you know, over the past weekend, I got a text from Lynn, and Lynn said, do you have a copy? of girl six like a hard copy of girl six and and i have to say just just as a point of um again background clarification how the sausage is made i have a cable account so you know we have fios here in philadelphia which has a pretty robust on demand library I, i have a netflix account i have an itunes account we don't have Amazon Prime, but I'm not above, you know, streaming something from Amazon and, you you know, obviously Barnes and Noble, you know, also streams sometimes. So I think that I have a, a pretty regular access level to okay. films that stream. And and I have to say that I hadn't thought about the availability of Girl 6. I assumed that you know with all of the things that i listed i would be able to stream girl six yes on monday and just watching and when lynn you you know text me about did i have a hard copy and you know lynn has sort of the same um I have access much the same hookup yeah that, that i do except i have amazon except you, you right lynn does have amazon i i said oh so let's see if i could find a hard copy and and you know long story short 
it was and we live in Philadelphia like like those of you who don't know we live in Philadelphia Pennsylvania so we don't this is not a small city and it was difficult to dare I say impossible to locate a copy of girl six so all of the all of the, the the different avenues that we have to watch films streaming or download films you, right. you know again because I mentioned uh, uh, iTunes mm-hmm all of the various and sundry merchants and shops. I mean, certainly it's 2016. So, you know, like like pretty much everywhere in the United States, the video store is gone. But, you know, we have FYE. We have all these, you know, we have the um, Barnes and Nobles brick and mortar stores, so on and so forth. We could not locate a copy of Girl 6 in real time. And... I told Lynn, you, you know, obviously we, we couldn't talk about Girl 6 because we hadn't seen Girl 6. But I felt like this this was, as they say, a learning moment. Like this was a teachable moment. This was something that illustrates an issue. You, you know, I talk, you know, at the beginning of each show, I say, you know, I'm the host of, of It's All Soul. On Wednesday. And this is an issue that we talk about all the time on its all soul when we talk about the availability of black art mm. and the lack thereof I, I i think you know first and foremost we live in 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 kind of a like like culturally we live in like a post scarcity society it's it's kind of like the star trek thing where where you know on star trek nobody ever pays for anything because you have everything and i think something that happened, um, you, you know, certainly here in the United States, I think for most people in the develop, developed world is, you know, I guess late 90s, early 20th century, early 21st century with, with the advent of the Internet and, and eBay and, and, and sort of e-commerce. There was this moment where we had access to everything. Yeah. And, and you know, you, you know, I, I'm, I'm a collector like like in order of, of like my passions, I'm a comic dude, I'm a music dude, and I'm a film dude. Mm-hmm. And I remember those heady days of, of eBay and this where like, like, you know, stuff you were looking for for years it was out there. Suddenly it was there. Yeah. You, you know, suddenly, and I, and I know people, and I know Lynn, you know, people that kind of had runs of comic books yep. that they kind of filled in a matter of weeks and, and, you know, music and CDs you wanted. So that, and, and I have a very good friend who, um, I never forget, uh, my, my old editor, Lee Gardner, w- wanted a, a criterion, a, a print, like I think it was on Laserdisc, the criterion print of John Woo's The Killer. Okay. And it was amazingly expensive. Yeah. Because it had gone out of print yeah. and nobody, you know, people that had it didn't sell it. You know, everything that you used to hear about collector's items. And I remember during this period, he and I had this conversation where suddenly there were like seven of them he right. could bid on or find. And, you know, because of that, the prices had dropped and this, that, and the other. And he said to me, because I know it's there, suddenly I don't have the passion to get it anymore. Yeah. And I think that happened to a lot of us who were there at that moment where there there were all of these sort of cultural artifacts that we wanted, we wanted, we wanted, but now they were there. And then certainly there were suddenly there was no urgency anymore. And that was sort of, again, this post scarcity moment. But I think what has happened 
in the past, you know, five or six years that has kind of become almost this post post scarcity culture where people stream things. Mm -hmm. So it's not even about buying it. It's about streaming it. And I think many of us assume that everything is readily available. So therefore it's no reason to kind of get it, which kind of circles back to this thing with Spike Lee. And again, this is Spike Lee. Like, like without argument, you talk about one of the most important filmmakers, the most important American filmmakers of the past 20 years. No, more than that, the past 20, 30 years. If Spike Lee is not in your top 10, you're just not being truthful. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't say good. Like, when, you know, because, you know, I'm well on record as talking about Tyler Perry. He's like, oh, you think Tyler Perry is good? Not necessarily, but I think Tyler Perry is important. Okay. So I don't think you can argue the importance of Spike Lee. Yes. And I think the fact that you do not have access to Spike Lee's art immediately says something about the way that that we curate art in this country and 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 what we decide is worthy of collection what we we decide is worthy of um what's the word i'm looking for sort of 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 celebration and critique i mean it kind of speaks to what's what's kind of baked in to what we do here at the michelle mission where i think a lot of what we do is 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 sort of say hey this is worthy of being critiqued this is worthy of of being of you, you know dare i say celebrated and i think it happens a lot i think it happens a lot and and you, you know i'm not I, i'm not necessarily going to use the r word racism but i do think that when you talk about black art and again, we we've, we've talk about this ad nauseum with the music. When you talk about music that kind of made the transfer to CD or didn't make the transfer to CD, like it's a running joke on on you know between me and my co-host and my you know my co-host and cousin Daryl about the expensive Mot- Japanese Motown imports because right. like so much music of Motown, like once you get past like the um the Big Chill soundtrack and like Marvin Gaye stuff. And and you know uh, the the temptation stuff and, and smoking smoky stuff you you're kind of on your own right so that a lot of times if you want this material you, you got to pay like or, you know thirty forty dollars for the Japanese import that has like the Japanese writing down the side but that's the only way you can get it and I think what you have is this sort of passive bigotry almost where where the gatekeepers who who say that you know these films are worth putting on a blu-ray these films that are worth putting on streaming systems you know on netflix on amazon on itunes a lot of our work isn't deemed worthy enough to go there and you know i don't know why girl six isn't available i suspect there's probably some licensing with the music involved like i suspect is probably something to do with the prince music and and everything else but whatever the reason i just feel like 
that's criminal. Like, that's actually disgraceful. It, okay. I hear what you're saying overall. About right. The, about the overall um, problem. Without having seen the movie in probably at least 10 years. 10, probably since it came out. And I think it came out in 96. Yes. So, it's 20 years. Um, I think using Girl 6 as your case study may be a little bit of uh, where, where maybe your argument might, some people might pick it apart because as I remember it being not a bad film, uh, I don't I don't remember it being a particularly memorable film or essential type of piece of work. Um, it certainly stands uh, stands in my mind as one of Spike's lesser efforts. Sure. Okay. So the fact that it's not available readily available on um on streaming okay it's not available on streaming you can go on amazon and you can buy it so it's not that it's not that you can't get it right you just can't get it easily right you can't get it as easily it's not as as readily accessible as um other other works out there and the more prominent and some and some not not quite so prominent yet more essential works of Spike Lee are available for streaming. Uh, 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 of course, you know, you've got uh, Malcolm X and do the right thing and, and, and movies like that, but Crooklyn is also available and, and Crooklyn is um, a very good film, a very underrated film. Uh, a very underappreciated film uh, uh, and also a film that underperformed out in the box office yet it is available for streaming out there so so it's not you know if I had to to pick do I want to stream Crooklyn or Girl 6 I'd opt for Crooklyn I'm not sure I'd have to check but I, I wonder whether or not are all of the movies of let's say Woody Allen avail- available for streaming. I I would considering that he does a movie like almost every year. I got a funny feeling that there are some there's some Woody Allen movies that have fallen through the cracks. That- I bet there aren't, and I don't know. Like I don't I haven't checked, and but frankly, I think it's irrelevant how good Girl Six is. I think that there are certain filmmakers, and I think there are lots of filmmakers mm-hmm. that their work is readily available. I think in, in mass, uh, in whole, in whole, in whole, their entire canon. And I think that this, this issue of whether it is available on a DVD or whether it's available streaming, mm-hmm. isn't necessarily that important in this room because, because you and I are people who have DVD players. We watch DVDs. We have no problem with physical media, so on and so forth. But well, I have to say, Vince, I'm actually very surprised that you don't own a physical copy of the movie. As I much don't. as you love Spike Lee, I don't own it. I, I it's it's one of those things. I'm not sure how I didn't get it. I don't know what happened, but I don't own it. But my arguments, I shouldn't have to. 
Well, but but here, see, but my argument would be that just as you're talking about how you know this, uh, you know, everybody's we've gotten used to things being readily accessible. Yes, right. What that has done, and and um, Hollywood Hollywood is is pissed about it over the last five or six years, is that the DVD market has is drying up. Absolutely. People aren't buying the DVDs anymore. Uh, and because people aren't buying the DVDs anymore, less and less uh, people have shelves of movies in their homes. Which is my point about if it's not streaming, there are there's an entire generation of people that just will not watch it. So... Like, that's actually my point. That's what I meant about you and I. This isn't a big deal. And it's like seven bucks on Amazon. And we already said, you know, I'll order it and it'll be at the house and this, that, and the other. But there, there's an entire generation of people that the only, I mean, we just had, you know what? We just had this conversation about Prince, where people were caught flat-footed and were scrambling trying to get Prince music because they didn't own physical copies because Prince was famously reticent about having his stuff on streaming systems so that you look up and you can't get and again not something obscure like you know old friends for sale or you know I don't know musicology like you had people talking about they couldn't get Son of the Toms or 1999 or they could only get it streaming through title or this that and the other and i think that is dare i say dangerous that we have set up this system where as listeners as people who are interested in something or maybe want to be interested in something you have again these gatekeepers whether through you you know straight up um you you know evil or what I suspect is just sort of th- this sort of benign ignorance have decided that some things aren't worthy of being there. And again, I'm not here to argue whether or not Girl 6 is good or not. Like, we'll do that next week. What I am arguing is that Spike Lee is one of the most important filmmakers of the past 20 years. Full stop. And that a a filmmaker of Spike Lee's importance, again, that can't be argued. His canon should be readily available for somebody who is 30, who is 25, who is 16, that says, I want to watch this stuff. I want to have access to this stuff, especially when you have people or artists who, you know, now we will talk about quality, have not done half as much as Spike Lee. And their work is available in different um different formats, different this again, I don't I'm not you know, I'm trying to keep it positive, but like when you look at the criterion collection and the filmmakers that get these beautiful, gorgeous treatments on Blu-ray, and it's like this is clearly the the reflects a certain sensibility like this reflects a certain perspective this reflects a certain point of view like this is not just pure um this is not a meritocracy if you will and 
I just think that this is is you, you know almost a clarion call for those of us who care about this. Like like you and I talk and we tell you know our wildest dreams and what we do and and you know we've mentioned it before and I'll say it again. I think one of the things that people who care about black art what we need to do is is kind of you know we need to be curators. We we need to we we need to 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 kind of get a hold of this thing because again but in that is it not maybe then that this is a teachable moment you're a comic book guy yes i'm a comic book guy absolutely and comic books on, of the last 10 20 years have are you know always available go there you can buy the floppies you can buy the graphic novels and and what have you um but they're also available online for right. reading online through uh comicsology and yeah, other, yeah, yeah. other type of uh services and there are a lot of people that do read their comic books online um however a lot of those people will still go to the comic book store and buy the collection yes or buy or even still buy the single issue my daughter reads a lot of comic books online but she'll still you know when available go buy the comics she finds it hard to get them out in new mexico i can't in air force base but you know she finds them um <laughs> It, it, but uh, 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 is it maybe not a teachable moment for for us to teach the generations after us about the joys of collecting? I I I think of that... going out there and 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 act actively searching for. Um, a film, uh, 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 a CD, a, a piece of vinyl, a book, and 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 enjoying that tactile feeling, a uh, joy of having that item in your hand. I think that cow has left the barn. I don't think years so, ago. Man. I don't. I don't. Th- I think. I, I. I mean, I obviously agree with you, but I think if you've spoken to a lot, I mean, you know, kind of for a living, that's what I do is I talk to 19 year olds. Like if you talk to a lot of these young people, it is, it it is, I don't, I don't even know what the equivalent would be. It was, it, it, it's almost like, I don't even know what the equivalent would be for someone older than like, I don't know what has changed in in like since since our parents where they would talk about something and it would it, it it's almost like talking to somebody who lived through the depression who like collects who doesn't throw away anything mm-hmm. and you know has these kind of balls of aluminum foil and you can't get across to them that you don't have to do that anymore right like i think i think that's a fool's errand mm-hmm. i do and again, this is, and I say that as somebody who has tried to have that conversation with people about uh, music in particular, because I, you know, again, I like everything you just said, the, the tactile feeling, the liner notes, the all, you know, whether you're talking about the wax, whether you talk, and, and I think, again, I Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jackie's Neal and Edgar Montplacier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top Fives like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings 
and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. No. Oh. What's the best way to eat a taco? Vince, with your hands? With your hands. Also, with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. I think the real battle is this battle of access and who decides what does and does not. Who who decides what you do and you do not have access to? You, you know, just to kind of go back to music i i've i've i read I've, I've read a bunch of really interesting articles about the politics of classic rock stations okay and it and it became relevant when you know here in philadelphia we have a, a classic hip-hop station now mm-hmm. 107.9 and what the classic rock article said that has stayed with me as i listened to 107.9 is that the classic rock station kind of puts across this message that we're playing what was played during this period but what they're really doing is picking and choosing what's going to go on this playlist so that you're not playing everything that was played during the you know the the early 70s you're playing what you think people should hear you know the big hits this that and the other and I've noticed it on the classic hip hop stations. Oh, like like they play this hip hop and is this early nineties hip hop? Absolutely. Is this everything that was being played during the early nineties? Not at all. Of course not. Do you start to notice a pattern of what does and does not get played? Absolutely. And I think you have to always be aware of this this again, this notion of access and and, and these gatekeepers who are deciding what does and does not get played and and you know again in my mind something like girl sixes is almost like a canary in the coal mine like again if i can't get to spike lee certainly i'm not going to get to julie dash Mm. or charles burnett or you know holly garima or all of these people like how can i not like you saying i can't just just go to my computer and get to spike lee how could I possibly get to Cassie Lemons? Right. And I think that, again, this is something that as time goes on, like like we said, again, this is I mean, there's no there's no huge deal. There's no huge deal about Girl Six. Order a copy. Be here in a couple of days. You go to Best Buy. Best Buy said they because I because I went all over the city. Like, you know, Best Buy, they say they'll special order for you. FYE, you, you know, and that's a whole nother thing about, you know, the, the people who work at the record stores. <laughs> Like, like, if I don't already sound like grumpy old man, let me just be a grumpy old man. Remember when you could go to a record store and like the people who work there actually knew things? <laughs> like, I'm a record store clerk, so therefore I know things about records and about mm-hmm. music and about mm-hmm. this, and I can help you. I've never met more of a collection of people who found various ways to tell me I don't know how to do that in my life. But it's not a big deal to get a hard copy of this movie. No, it's not. But it shouldn't be a deal. You, you know, again, I'm, I'm a man in my 40s. I don't have a problem with this. I got a DVD player, this and the other. But, you know, I don't know if my niece and nephew own a DVD player. Very true. I don't know if my niece and nephew own a computer 
with a drive in it. That's very true. Because you know the computers of a So. That's very true. I think this is important. I think, and, and again, I think when you talk, I, I think in general, this, this sort of, this sort of weeding process happens. Mm-hmm. But I think once you factor in issues of what's important to black audiences, as opposed to the people who are choosing what does and does not get trans, whether we're talking about being transferred to different um, media, because and we've talked about that before. That's something that has happened ad nauseum, whether you're talking about music with what made it from record to cassette to CD or whether when we've talked about it in here about film, what made the leap from VHS to DVD and and you know in a lot of ways we were there during the golden age with the VHS and and the video stores because a lot of these stores were just trying to get stuff on the shelves right so you could go into I mean frankly random blockbuster and find a copy of like you know I don't know Melinda which was the black exploitation version of Carrie or Dr. Jekyll in 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 Mr. Black which was the, wait a minute? Uh, there really was a movie Ma- those, Melinda. It's called Melinda, and it is the Black Carrie. Really? I've never heard of that. Before. I heard of it because I saw it on VHS <laughs> from the Blockbuster near campus. Yo, Ashley, Graveyard Shift Sisters <laughs> started making up a lineup for uh, for, for well October. I'll say this. I hope you have a a VHS copy of it. I don't know if it made it to DVD. I don't know if it's streaming. That's my point exactly. That's my point exactly. So, I don't know. This upsets me. Like, this upsets me. (laughs) This upsets me. I'm sorry I'm laughing. You tickle me sometimes. I mean... You know, it, it's funny. I, see, I do see your point, you, though. You know, until you want a copy of um, Amazing Grace, you know, another thing we've talked about in here. And now right. let's find a copy of Amazing Grace. Like, like you know, this has happened. You, you know, I think this is the second time we've run into this um, this hiccup. Yeah. And the first was with the film called Losing Ground. And, and you know, frankly, that's it was a small independent film. And and that one was is totally my fault because I went to the, the website and I thought that you could stream it directly from the site. Mm-hmm. And I, I mixed that up. They, it was only for edgy. But the point is, it that was the first hiccup. And I thought no more of it. And, and you know, again, everything that we've watched. Since I mean the visit I think was just on DVD, but the visit That's was something the, right. The only place, that, but I do. I was alarmed that yeah. I could not find a Spike Lee movie, and and again I I think this is important. I think it's worth going on record. I think it's worth documenting. You know, this is what's up. This this is what this is. So you know you don't take it for granted. And like you said. I, I don't own a copy like I, I was looking at, you know, I think I have, a you know, including four little girls. I have 11 Spike Lee DVDs. Girl six is not one of them and I didn't have it. So no. you don't have a copy. No, I don't. So we couldn't watch it. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. And I'm trying to think of like how many Spike Lee movies do I have? I may have four Spike Lee movies. And I'll I'll say this, I have enough Spike Lee movies to say that like sort of the prestige treatment mm-hmm. of the Spike Lee film 
do the right thing, of course. Right. School Days had a really nice, I think, like 25th yeah. anniversary edition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How does Spike Lee not have an assortment of prestige treatments of his films? Okay. All right. So you said you said School Days and Do the Right Thing. Yes. Malcolm X does not have a prestige treatment. No, there was a um, there was a, a, a like a a nice like Malcolm X. What is nice? Documentaries, the uh, the the director's commentary, the 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 making of. Like I'm I'm talking about again a Criterion Collection level treatment of these films. Yes, there was there there was one in 2000. I knew there was one. What's on it? Uh, I'll tell you. Um, just wait, 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 pump your brakes, pump your brakes, brother. It was the um, 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 uh, let's see here. Hold on, hold on. I'm checking it out. The, 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 the. It's the um, the uh, 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 Malcolm X keep case. Uh, it has a, it's in multiple formats. Um, I'm telling you, <laughs> maybe that's not. I'm telling you, and, and again, I could have sworn that there was like a really. You like, can probably get most of them on Blu-ray, but as far as again, I always call it like the Wes Anderson treatment. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. Wait a minute. All right. Uh, wait. A minute. Uh, all right. Here it is. Here it is. I knew there was one. I knew there was one. I knew there was one. All right. Okay. There, there, there was one. Um, uh, uh, Malcolm X by Denzel Washington. Uh, it, it's big. Comes with a in a, a big case. Uh, forty three dollars. Um, uh, has multiple formats. I'm trying to find out uh, all the information. I don't. I I, I can't get all the information. Documentary. It's not a documentary. It's a movie. Essays. Is the movie. I mean the treat. I want the treatment. This, I mean this. Oh, man, look, man. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. This is bothering me. And frankly, I don't think it's necessarily the responsibility of of the Criterion Collection and, and these different, you know, sort of traditional venues to create them. You're I'm right. saying they should exist. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that you can point the finger at a lot of different people, but that's actually uh, that's not even a um a separate subject, but that's not the subject that animates me at this moment. At I, this I found it though. Okay. I'm sorry. Cuz I knew what's there was on one. It? I knew what, what's I'm, in about it? To, I'm about to tell you. I'm about to tell you. It's the uh, Malcolm X 2 disc special edition. This is uh, let's see what's on there. additional features along with the beautiful transfer and remastering of the new uh, Spike Lee's ambitious entertaining 1992 uh, stresses out 1992's Malcolm X the special features are abundant um, there is there's 10 additional scenes including with Spike Lee audio commentary commentary from Spike Lee Ernest Dickerson and oh, I think Ruth I Carter um, there's a feature left documentary uh, from 1972 of Malcolm X by any means necessary. It is also included in, 
on there. Uh, there's the making of Malcolm X. Uh, let's see what other special features. They, they've got a, a bunch of stuff on here. Okay. You know, the funny thing is I think I own this one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I knew there was one. Okay. I knew there was one. She's got to have it. Jungle Fever. Bamboozled. So you're saying they all are deserving? I think of, I think of, that there are like ten, I think there are like ten of them that should of, be. You think there's like ten Spike Lee films? I that, uh, think that, that if I can buy a Criterion I Blu-ray can, I of love every Baltimore film of Wes Anderson, I should be able to buy every film. There's not a Criterion of every Wes Anderson film. I think there is. I think from Bottle Rocket all the way up to Moon Rise Kingdom. I don't think so. All right. <laughs> Look it up. It's like Bottle Rocket. It's um, Rushmore, the Royal Tannenbaums, the Life Aquatic, uh, the Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. I know because I own them. Like, I'm not shitting on Wes Anderson because I love Wes Anderson. But that's how I know how many Criterion Collection um, editions there are of his films. He's got a lot. Yeah, they come out. They, I swear, they come out and Criterion throws them in a beautiful package. I'm looking at him right now. Yes. Again, Wes Anderson is like my true north for this conversation. He's got a lot. He's got a lot, man. Wow. I don't think it's every one of his films, but it certainly is I, enough. I, I think it might be, though. It certainly, and there there is a Criterion collection of, of do, the, do the right I thing. The right yeah, that's thing. it. I got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But again, I'm I'm more interested in the wow. access. I'm more interested in the wow. access. You know, do people do people have ready access to this material? And again, if I am someone that does not do physical media. And I think there is a great deal of people who are like that. And I think that group is getting bigger every day. That's true. That is true. Are these companies not engaging in almost a form of passive censorship by not having this material available? So that, again, we start talking about Girl 6. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I don't know. Something... Like uh uh you know I don't know you know something something older you know amber and ashes that we talk amber and ashes that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Wow, I- I'm sorry, I'm sorry. There's a Criterion collection of Repo Man. I'm telling you, from 1984. I'm telling you, the politics of the Criterion collection are are pretty. Dude, that is criminal. Pretty interesting. Once you start to unpack what does and does not get the treatment. I mean, some of these films, they're like they're like you know, like they're, they're like slept on or movies that have been reconsidered into like masterpieces for sure. one reason or another. So you know, so they may be odd, but like a movie from 1942, Cat People, not a good. Great film, but it is now considered a classic sure. in, in a lot of the special effects and the way it is filmed, and, and to some degree the, the the story of it. But uh, to do a Criterion collection of uh, the in laws from 1979, I mean, I like Peter Falk, I like Alan Arkin, and I think that was a good movie. 
this is not a movie that's worthy of a criterion collection. Well, you know what? And that's where I disagree with you. I don't begrudge the treatment given to these films. Like, I don't begrudge a film that somebody champions. My issue is that let's not pretend it's a meritocracy. Yeah. Like, let's not pretend yeah. that these are the best of the best or that this is worthy of of sort of rediscovery or or you you know a, a new a new attention because of the the pure just pure merit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is some shit that people just like yeah and I just happen to be in a position to say I like this the problem with black art and black movies is that more often than not there aren't voices in that room to Ch- say the champion for them you know yeah hey I think Uptown Saturday Night is a screwball comedy is is a piece of art that's worthy of reconsideration why don't we find the screenwriters why don't we do this why don't we get Todd Boyd to write an essay on how we're going to reevaluate the work of Bill Cosby in the 70s why don't we you know get um get somebody to do a beautiful abstract illustration of while we get Brian still freeze to draw the cover of it and put it out there. And you have people that say, Oh, these, these prestige collections tell me that like, like the fact that they've made this into a prestige collection tells me that this is something that I should consider again, even though I know nothing about it. Yes. Yes. And then you go see it. Or again, to my main point, it should be readily available if somehow I stumble into it and I say, hey, I saw, you know, Uptown Saturday Night. Now I want to stream the other two films right Right. now. Like I'm sitting here right now on my computer and I want to stream it. So there you go. There you go. Well done, Vince. I mean, you know. Well done. Again, I think this is... I think this is like this. I think this speaks to why we're here. Like I really do. Like 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 we like this stuff and we like to watch the movies and 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 you know I always say about everything. Like like I try not to take myself that seriously, but I do try to take the stuff that I talk about seriously. Yeah. And and I do. I was. I thought it was disgraceful. I thought it was actually disgraceful that again in a city the size of Philadelphia and a man with the access like I have like I have a credit card I have a Wi-Fi I have Wi-Fi access I have you, you know again I have all of these different accounts mm-hmm. that within moments you know I have a cable account within moments I can't access a film by spike fucking lee like again i'm not talking about some obscure film that they made in 1971 in um ethiopia spike lee and i do i think this reflects greater issues so and 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 i you know i I thought this was an opportunity to talk about them And, and you know something that we've gotten away from that that if you listen to our earlier episodes, we used to do it diligently. We talk about access, like you know, this is on Amazon, this is on iTunes, this is here, this is that, and and you know, I think part of the reason we did it is because sort of intuitively we knew that access was an important part of this process, and we need to return to that. 
Well, well done. I'm just curious. What percentage of your, you know, outrage? Yes. Over the uh, inaccessibility of yes. Girl Six has to do with you not being able to uh, watch Teresa Randall. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> I thought so. A little bit. <laughs> I thought but so. we'll get into that. We'll get into that. We'll get into week. that. Next week when we actually do review. We do review. Girl six. Girls. Six. Right here on the Michelle Mission, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed this little detour. Uh, I did. It was fun. Um, and uh, 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 check it out. This will be available. You know, um, Go to MichelleMission.com where all of our shows are available and uh if you're listening to this on wednesday when the michelle mission readily uh drops and maybe you've downloaded this wednesday morning go back to your your favorite podcast catcher uh later in the day say like around seven six or seven p.m because by then there will be a second Michelle Mission dropping for you as well as me and Vince uh, had a lovely conversation with Aisha Harris of Slate Magazine about her article, The Black Film Canon, The 50 Greatest Films by Black Directors, some of which have already been reviewed right here on the Michelle Mission. That was a very fun uh, interview and look forward to that as we give you, since we couldn't give you a fresh review this week, we're giving you two Michelle missions. Oh, that's week. nice. So we hope you appreciate that. All right. And, and if you do, please feel free to leave us a comment uh, via SoundCloud or email us at MichelleMission at gmail.com. Or even better yet, go to, uh, if you check us out via iTunes, go on iTunes and rate us and leave a comment because that helps people find the show and uh, lo and behold we'll have more listeners uh, and more followers who enjoy our dulcet tones every bit as much as Robert Monroe Jr. and Destiny Edwards and Dan Mayer Tribble Dinkins and all the rest of our regular casting of characters that listen to our show all right so for Vince, this is Len in Parting We Say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.